Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Press for Time. I am your host, Tyler Nethers, joined as always by Benny Rose. Hey, hey. And today we have a very special guest. We've got Rowan Parker, the creative director of Riot Forge, um, formerly of Riot Games, working on League of Legends, and currently creative director for Convergence, which is a League of Legends tie-in game. Um, and I will hand things over to him and let him give a little better introduction of himself. Hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, I uh, I am the creative director of uh, Forge. I'm also one of our game design directors at Riot. I've been at Riot a little over nine years. Uh, getting close to 10 years uh, but importantly uh i'm not the creative director of convergence our studios uh and our partners are the ones that are the the you know devs that work directly on the game so eric uh up in uh, montreal in canada is our creative director for convergence and he did a damn good job too yeah i love it yeah i'd love the art style i'm a sucker for metroidvania so that's all oh, that's all, all i needed to see well in the old school way, I don't like that everybody makes them now. But when you find so, one that kind of so, Benny, I eye. have my I have my top ten list of Metroidvanias. I have played literally every Metroidvania in existence. So number one is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Number two is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Number three <laughs> is Hollow Knight. No, no, no. There's no typos, Tyler. The list is accurate. It's, I like it. It's been but, scientifically but, verified. Super, super yeah, Metroid's not up there. Yeah. No Super Sorry? Metroid. No Super Metroid. Oh no, it is. Yeah, Super Metroid's in there. Like it's in the it's in the top ten. But I don't know. But like, okay, so Benny, you played a lot of Metroidvanias. What's your opinion? Because I feel like there's range combat and melee combat in Metroidvanias, and I think over time, it's kind of shown that melee combat might be more compelling as a core loop than ranged combat. Because I 100%. feel like a lot of the most successful Metroidvanias of the last like 10, 20 years are usually a sword or melee combat as the base like combat style, right. as opposed to uh, arranged combat i don't know how you feel i i agree i like having the variety i definitely like you know going back to symphony oh, yeah. for the example having all of these weapons at alucard's you know disposal and deciding if you want to go with you know something that has more range or not especially like the heavenly blade which is a big thing that you know i always strided to find you know but i prefer swords it's all about the swords the dodging the the exploration the revisiting of uh you know areas that you thought that you combed through and you didn't you know i know that the goal from what i see is you know we always want to add something new so it doesn't seem like we're just right you know, taking an, a, a tired formula and just redoing something new like time, rewinding time rewinding time is good but, but no the the thing you're touching on of like i think in particular enemy design uh, you know, a lot of the canvas you have for enemy design with melee combat, I think just there's a bit more green pasture there for, you know, ways you can do interesting, you know, engage or or interesting weak points in enemies, you know, not just shooting an enemy from distance and having, you know, shield types, but get behind the enemy, parry the enemy, react to different stuff. Like, I feel like that's just naturally played out and we've seen a lot more melee style Metroidvanias. Not that, you know, you can't do like a Metroid Dread, which is spectacular, like Metroid yeah. Dread is awesome. But on average, I feel like I see more Malay style uh, Metroidvanias. But... Yeah, I mean, I think that that's where they feel it's uh, the inspiration seems to most commonly go back to Castlevania, oh. I would say. And and not just from the sense of the Symphony of the Night, you know, formula of the way the map yeah. is designed, but more so of just just how perfect that game is. You know, it's it's 
it's such an old game in, in sense of like when you realize how many years has passed since it's released and yeah. it, it does it hasn't lost a beat you could pick it up any day play it on any platform with the exception of P- psp we won't go there <laughs> but uh I, I actually i actually have it on psp i have the dracula expert because it has rondo of blood and symphony of the right. night on psp and i used to play it uh anytime i was on the train like going to and from work because it was a great game that i could pick up and put down and just pause it and did, right. did you play bloodstained itagaki son's next game i did i did and i i helped crowdfund it as well it's probably nice. my <laughs> probably my biggest uh fund that i've ever put in i think i put like 150 in there yeah. I was a center for it. It was really I mean, cool. Hollow Knights, I mean, obviously, Hollow Knight's up there. Uh, Guacamelee is great if you played like Guacamelee. Guac- yeah, Guacamelee's good stuff. Uh, Dust and Elysian Tale. Have you played that? Yes, I. I haven't played it much, but I've played it. Yeah, I mean the art for that is is just surprise, and for the time as well when it came out, like God. And we is we're just talking about Metroidvanias today. Is that we could do the whole podcast great. on that? Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's what we love about the casualness of our show is we we want it to be organic, but you yeah. know, we have we find things that we have in common and it seems to be that's one of the things that we'll always go back to some form of Metroidvania, Castlevania uh love because I mean, I'm a sucker for Super Metroid 4, like it's up there for me. Right. But obviously Symphony and I just changed the game. It's one of those Ax- few Axiom Verge. Did you play Axiom Verge? I mm-hmm. really enjoyed the first one. I I got to a point in the second one where I just lost interest. Okay. You know, I think they they changed it up a little bit, which uh, I feel like the water exploration part just you know I got a little lost in there and felt like I wasn't making progress, so I just took a break. And what is it about water levels in video games? <laughs> is it, yeah, I know, right? Like, just I mean, pick <laughs> pick one, but water temple for Zelda. Uh, Even the most recent one, like Tears of the did, Kingdom. Come on. Like, Did really? you play like the the NES Ninja Turtle like Teenage Mutant Ninja uh, Turtles game? The water level in that? Yeah, I don't like to talk about that level. <laughs> the, the dam level, right? With the dam, and you have with, to put the, the bombs the, on the, the dam. The bombs out. The music, the, the music haunts my dreams. <laughs> any any water level in a Sonic game, like an O, like an OG Sonic game, the stress inducing sound of like Oh my god, that that sound is panic inducing. Yeah. And then I'm Donkey Kong Country nailed it. Like I'll give Donkey Kong Country the the water levels in Donkey Kong the music. Oh, Aquatic is one of the best musical pieces out there for any yeah. generation, in my opinion. Bram- Bramble Scramble and the the Aquatic music from Donkey Kong Country. All right, we'll give them one. There's one water level. <laughs> I'm convinced, and True. I've said this before, that the reason that uh, so I'm a big Dark Souls fan. The reason that Miyazaki makes poison swamps is because those are his water levels. He's like, I can't submerge you in water, but that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a nasty poison swamp, so it's still water, kind of, <laughs> and you're still going to hate it. He could do a water level, but there'd be like no difference because you're wearing plate mail in a Dark Souls game, so you just, you'd just be walking along the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the thing. Right. And then you'd be like, I can't jump very much. You can't jump anyway you in a Dark Souls anyway. game. No. So. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll be ultimately fat roll floating at that point. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's That's double fat roll. Uh huh. Oh my god. You already do though. You already do. Like when you fight the uh, when you fight the Hydra in Dark Souls One, and you have to fight in the water. You're just you're already fat rolling no matter what. And so it's so miserable. There's a. I don't know if you guys pay attention to some of the Elden Ring PvP meta. Mm-hmm. There's there's one that I saw recently of just maximum load, like fat rolling with maximum 
defense and just being able to tank everything and walk in a straight line. Yep. And, you know, people doing that Kamehameha laser build in Elden yes. Ring doesn't oh, care. Boy. Just walks into it in a straight line and then pop. Yep. No, no worries whatsoever. No. Yeah. I'm not a, when it comes to the PVP in that, I, I stay away. I, I like to enjoy the game as much as I can being a glutton for punishment. But once it comes to most of the people that I've encountered are trolls. You know, oh, let me hang out by this ladder over here. I'm going to drop something for you. Yeah, just <laughs> Come on. just keep playing the game. Just ignore them. That's why I like I like in the in the more recent titles they've got the they've got the delineated like hey PVP matches you can go to places where it's just just for PVP as opposed to just getting invaded. Although I love PVP, I love invaders coming in because I love stomping them. I love I love when people <laughs> come in and they're like, oh, I'm going to get this guy. Like, no, you're not. I'm going to kill you. Sorry. <laughs> and me, I'm just running the other way. <laughs> yeah yeah benny sees how fast he can alt f4 oh yeah, keyboard I, <laughs> I was like wait what are you i guess you're on pc yeah you're alt f4 not me no i guess that's true <laughs> the one time that i was in an, in an opportunity at a at a press event funny enough for call of duty and they're like yeah you get to try the game out i'm like great and they're like all right you're on the pc station i'm like okay is there an xbox controller and they give me like the the tilt the head yeah, yeah what do you what you... do you want to be like less good at aiming? Exactly. Why, why would you want a controller for Call of Duty? Why do you want to go on a controller for FPS? I mean, for me, is it more embarrassing to hold a controller or hold some or play something and be as what Tyler calls be pressed for arthritis <laughs> with within two matches? Oh, my wrist hurts. Seeing me go like this, and this is like eight years ago, and I'm grabbing my wrist. I'm like, I can't do this. Oh man, <laughs> it's a great game. It's a great game. I got to step away. <laughs> It's a great stop. game, but you need a control. Yeah, I can't. I cannot. It's aim. just I just I just I, can't I just screw up. I can't just screw do up. it. I don't know how you do it, man. Mm-hmm. Like Benny, if you're if you're out there popping people with a controller, I, well, I mean, I know how you do it. It's auto aim, but <laughs> it's I, I know literally how you do it with control. But no, I, I mean, yeah, it's got to be a mouse and keyboard for FPS games. I'm the PC same way. Yep. When I was what, so like in high school adapt? and stuff playing call of duty on the 360 i would i would kind of compensate i'd turn the sensitivity up to 10 so i could still kind of play with a controller and i was pretty good but as soon as i was old enough to play on pc it was like yeah no i just can't i can't go back your target acquisition time and accuracy is just superior yeah although my best friend uh he we play call of duty together all the time and he is like world class call of duty player and he only plays with controller he turns aim assist off he just plays with a controller like it's keyboard and mouse and he will wipe the floor with me every day of the week and anybody else on a keyboard and mouse he's dropping 100 kills a game and i'm sitting there with like 23 (laughs) so correct correct me if i'm wrong maybe your your audience might correct correct me if i'm wrong there was a version of was it halo 2 i want to say which had cross play or was it like a more recent one where they were mixing the matchmaking the the pc and and xbox well they do now pc and xbox they do now then, with like the modern ones, but I don't know about like an older one. I thought there was an older one, and maybe it wasn't Halo. Maybe it was one of the one of the other um, uh, FPSs. But I thought they were like mixing it for a bit, and then they had to switch it off because the console players were getting dumped by the PC players. Well, I know that was happening with Fortnite for a while. Hundred yeah. percent. Well, it still yeah. happens today. People people yeah. try to turn yeah. off crossplay if they're on console because they don't want to play yeah. with people on uh, PC. And I mean, that's like, that's on average, right? Like statistically on average, the average player, you know, Tyler, your example, you know, you got a friend who's world-class, obviously, you know, they're still going to hold up, but like on right. average, 
yeah, you know, if you take random sample, 10,000 players, whatever it's, you know, PC is probably going to beat out console yeah. for FPS. Yeah. yeah and just the controls, even it's not even because there's a lot of people now you can see, like, I don't know if you played the most recent Call of Duty, but you can see in the lobby, like, hey, this person's playing on Steam but they're playing right. with the controller or this person's oh. playing on PlayStation and they're using keyboard and mouse. Cause you can, you can, you can hook up keyboard and mouse to your console now. So right. it'll actually show you what their input is and what their platform is. But yeah, I, I think if you take two players of the exact same skill level, give one a keyboard and mouse, give one a controller, the one on keyboard and mouse is going to win, you know, I would say seven out of 10 gunfights with the other person. I mean, to Benny's point, the comfort matters, right? Like, if you're comfortable on a controller, then you probably don't care. You just want to play the game and have fun. Right. Well, I think for me, it's like growing up with it is a big part of it. Like, I didn't get... I've never really had a gaming PC to this day. Like, what I have now is okay. Like, Tyler, you know, he'll always be like, oh, you want to play this game on the PC? I'm like, eh, it'll probably catch fire. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, you know, I'll get an Alienware that's open box that's, like, already six years old from Best Buy just because it's a great deal. Right. But... You know, for me, the only real gaming experience that I have that's memorable is on a Tandy because I'm old. Wow. <laughs> oh, there's probably Playing. people listening have no idea what that is, Benny. Oh, of course. That's I'm one of them. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know what you're yeah. talking okay. about. All right. Because because Tyler and I have a 10 year age gap and he treats me like I'm like 70 years old. So, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, Papa Benny play, over there, <laughs> literally having floppy drive, floppy yeah. disks, four disks for alone in the dark so you say floppy do you mean like three and a quarter floppy or the real floppy like the, five no, and the three half and the quarters i had the five and a half yeah, for right. school and stuff but the three also and these numbers probably mean nothing at all to tyler no hey, like, what now, are you what are you five i remember when i was like five or six years old and my parents got a, a computer for the house we had we had little floppy disks the little black and blue disc that you would insert. The save icon, or... right it's the save icon yeah exactly yeah it's like a it's like a physical version of the save icon uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> it's true uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, that was really playing alone in the dark when it first came out. My first horror experience, one of my favorite experiences. But as I've gotten older, I've played a couple of games. Like for me, the biggest achievement in PC was picking up Crisis 2 and having a computer that could tolerate it. Because I'm sure we all oh, remember man. those days that, you know, you needed that was an the amazing benchmark. PC. That was. Can it run Crisis? Yeah. Can it run Crisis was the meme before memes were even up. Exactly. Yeah, true. True. I so was that was a nice for, accomplishment. <laughs> I was around for Good Crisis. I participated. Did you? <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. But uh, yeah, Tyler and I have talked about eventually finding a way to maybe build me something so I can step into the real world. I have a Steam Deck, but again, it's controller, so it's irrelevant. Yeah. Steam Deck's cool, but, though. I like it. Yeah. But anyway, so, all right. Yeah. So, Convergence. We could just talk about games for like an hour. We could. I know. That that's the we problem. Can, and we, we and end we, up, and, yeah. We've done it. We've gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> it's been like oh, shit. We didn't talk about any of what we we're supposed to talk about. All right. <laughs> um, but no, so convergence, obviously, I haven't had a ton of time to dive into it. And being somebody that is unfamiliar with league, other than just I mean, obviously I know what league is, but like having oh. not played it, um, it's been really cool to jump into what seems to be like an adjacent world um and play something in such a well-established well-known universe um but kind of be separate from like i don't feel like i'm missing anything i guess yet yeah and i guess if if i don't know i'm missing it i don't know um but right. it's been it's been really cool so far it's been it's been an interesting story and a, a very unique world especially for a metroidvania style kind of game 
Um, so how, how was it, I guess, working on and putting something out there that is part of such a large, well-known universe, but also trying to draw in people like me that, that don't necessarily know or care about that universe and get them on board with something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll even pull back a little bit and just give some context on like Riot Forge uh, in general. So, you know, people probably know League of Legends is a massive, you know, online PVP mobile. Um, We have probably over 160, 166 characters at this point, uh, champions. Um, But what people might not know is that there's actually a pretty rich world and story behind a lot of those champions uh, in the world. And we, uh, back in 2018, I co-founded the uh, third-party publisher, Riot Forge, where our mission is we work with indie studios or you know external studios to make games like Convergence in the world uh, of League of Legends with the characters. We we do things that we can't do in you know the big online PvP game. Big online PvP game, not the best place to try and tell stories and you know have emotional moments with the characters and go and explore the world and you know do stuff. So the games we make on Forge with the external indie studios. Uh, are great ways to explore storytelling and explore the world. Uh, And we work together really, really closely with the studios. So Forge and the studios are kind of together working on, you know, design and art and the IP in particular. And we support the studios as much as we can while we're also doing publishing. So, you know, we're helping with marketing and uh, QA and stuff. So Convergence is an example, uh, working with Double Stallion up in uh, Montreal. And they made a really cool game before Convergence called Speed Brawl. They have a really strong art style. You probably see as, you, as you're playing the game, they have this really bright, vibrant, electric, like colorful art style. Uh, and they have really tight action combat with this like platforming, you know, pedigree that they have. So that idea of like, you know, what if they were able to build something in our world when we approached them, uh, they were, you know, kind enough to, to start talking with us. And that's when we figured out like, hey, we should make something together. And you know, the idea of rewinding time and circling around that particular character echo happens over a period of like many months. And then I think it took about four years in total, maybe three, four years to finish the game. Um, And then it, oh, you've got small human. Oh yeah, I do. (laughs) Yep. That happened. What's up little dude? (laughs) Yeah. This is another big reason we call it press for time. We do. all good. Yeah. This is working from home life. Absolutely. But I, I have to say, from my standpoint on this, the biggest thing that I loved was the art style, but then I love the idea of me always having curiosity for the brand. But again, uh, the mobile style is not really the games that I play, but yeah, knowing yeah. a lot of people that have played them for years to years, love the character designs. Another example for me was uh, Overwatch is a game that I never picked up. Right. I always grab, you know, I always gravitated towards certain characters. I'm like, I love that design. I want to know more about that character, yeah. but I don't want to play this game. I don't know if this game's gonna give me the story that I want. I'm all about the lore, and this right, is right. kind of what what dragged me in. And so I think it's it's great that that that's happening. And I see that there's comics that are also you know kind of oh, yeah. promoting with that, which is well. As so to Tyler's point earlier, you know, we we have a, a goal for all the Forge games is that uh, you shouldn't need to know anything at all about League of Legends to enjoy playing the game. We have that as like a core manifesto when we go and make these games. So obviously if you do know things about League of Legends or the world of the characters, there's lots of Easter eggs and there's lots of, you know, extensions and story, but you know, these games are fun entry points for people, even if they don't know anything at all, you know, about the world because uh, it's still a great game. 
Yeah, that's, that's definitely awesome. what I've found so far in in my time. Like I said, I only have a couple hours, but it's it's been a lot of fun. And I, I don't, like I said, feel like I'm missing anything. Um, and, you know, League is one of those games that it at the time that I was kind of coming coming into playing games, Smite was already out. Right. And all of my friends played Smite. None of my friends played League. So I was just kind of assimilated into Smite that way and then with mobas like that it's like you can really only have one right it's kind of it's almost a lifestyle it is yeah and you 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 pick one and you kind of stick with it because there's there's not a whole lot of ability to overlap there with that style you gotta learn all the items you gotta learn all the characters Uh uh-huh yeah Yeah, and trying to at least not for me (laughs) i can't i can't keep them straight so we all played smite and that was you know i've got a thousand hours in smite or something ridiculous oh damn nice yeah, big, big on Smite, big Kakalkin main. But I mean, as long as you have fun, that's the main thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, my wife, my wife played a lot of league um, when she was in college. So it's been. Yeah, we have um, when when we start working with some of these studios, I think oftentimes they think that we have like a pitch or an idea in our head from Riot Forge that we want them to make. Uh, but we don't actually. When we first approach all of the studios, they're like, oh, what do you want us to make? We're like, well, what you guys want to make right you guys are the ones that are really good at the particular genre or you know the particular style of game you make you know and it's an organic discussion of you know what would make sense um we actually uh personally i will not sign or like i will not green light any of our forge games if i'm not convinced it's a compelling game agnostic of the league of legends ip we don't skin games we're not interested in skinning a game. We don't ask studios to skin a game. No studio wants to make the same game two times in a row anyway. You know, that's no. boring. Your devs will go crazy. You want to make the same thing for like eight years. So we don't make a game if we're not convinced that even without League's IP, it would just be a cool game. And I think Convergence is a good example of that. The rewind mechanic, the parkour platforming sections, you know, the combat, the, that's just a cool platformer, you know, pseudo Metroidvania style game anyway. Yeah, And then with League's IP, you know, Tyler, maybe you're getting some of the voice performances now. You're getting the story come in. There's like a cool world to explore. Hopefully that elevates it and isn't like yeah. the only thing. No, I agree. I was going to say, I think voice acting in games like that definitely elevate the experience because it's not something that everybody does. Because one, I don't, you know, expensive. I can only speak for, well, I was just going to say that, yeah. you know, financially is going to be a big part of that. A lot of those style games are indie developers, and a lot of times they don't have the backing and stuff like that. But I think at the same time, too, some people feel that maybe they want to focus on the mechanics and not necessarily the audibility of the storytelling. And it's like, hey, text can do it because we did it for so many decades. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where we can help, too, is forge those. So for for Convergence, uh, we actually have Reed uh, performing Echo uh, if you're familiar with the uh, Netflix show Arcane, mm-hmm. we did uh, the League TV show. So uh, he plays Echo in Arcane. We managed to get him also to play Echo awesome. uh, in Convergence. So it's the same voice actor because, cool. you know, obviously we're Riot. He's you already the on the books. Yeah. So, and, and also it's, you know, cohesive for players. If they hear the voice of Echo there and it sounds the same, like, you know, that all lines up. So you're right. Like usually it would be a, you know, it's a big undertaking to do something like VO in a game. 
not just in you know English, but then also localizing the VO into 14 right. or 16 languages yeah. and having to have the correct actor or actress for every single character across every single language because you know our player base know if Camille sounds wrong, then you know that that will like tweak in your ear. So we have to make sure we get everything right. And I'm yeah, sure that's, that's a that's that's a painstaking process, and that's probably something that takes a lot more time than most people would think. You know, when I mean, you... it takes time and it takes people. Like it takes you know people on double stallion side, you know, producers and VO producers and audio people. Like it's it's yeah, that's making a video game. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's. But it's so almost much... like making a movie too when you think about it because the scale. That's of what the I was going to say. Yeah, is, has elevated so much nowadays that yeah, you know. And a lot of people take pride in it, which is great, you know, because I feel like in the past, oh, I don't really want to voice in a video game, but like we've seen how well, you know, great storytelling can translate in the world of games. Oh, and yeah. again, me knowing League of Legends from people talking about it speaks to, you know, the popularity and the depth of what's available. You know, again, it's just for me, it's more of a genre thing. And I've never really been a multiplayer guy, weirdly right. enough, with the. Tyler, we're going to bring it up. <laughs> the pandemic, you know, we yeah. always, we, we, our friends like to say, oh, you know, we like to talk about it too much, but that changed well, I mean, every, that changed everything for everybody, I mean, right? It's a it's a reasonably relevant topic. In our that's what I'm time. saying. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's unfair to talk about this apocalyptic event that pretty much happened. That seems fair. Right. Yeah. That right. altered the course of everything forever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's fair game. Yeah. Yeah. But it got me playing Fortnite. And the reason that it got me playing Fortnite was bringing a friendship together, yeah, which is, yeah. you know, to me, more of a reason than anything, but I'm not bring one, our friendship I'm, together, I'm, not you bring, uh, bring friendship apart. with other people. Yeah. Not, not friendship here. <laughs> we Tyler, we I, can't tell if, I can't tell if that is you tried playing with Benny and it wasn't working or you just didn't even try it. And both of them are dark for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fortnite, no, is, it's Fortnite because, is not my, not my thing. He, lo he okay. loathes the idea that I play Fortnite. I mean, if Benny's having fun, I don't know if I care. Oh, no, I, I don't actually. I just like, I, I bust his balls. But it's all right, you know, because I mean, at the end of the day, it was a way to me, you know, opening up to playing with other people because I'm not one to play online. I play a lot of single player stuff. Right. And then uh, my last really great experience was Left 4 Dead, which, you know, we haven't, we haven't had a Left 4 Dead in a long time. As we know, we've had plenty of attempts. I yep. would say, you know, I mean, but... that you're describing, I mean, I think, you know, I might be moving to that because I used to play a lot more online stuff, super hardcore, but like, I kind of am the player now that I think a lot of Forge games are for where, you know, maybe you, you know, of the characters of League or you've heard of the characters of League of Legends, but you don't want to go and play like a super hardcore online mobile. That's fine. We have, you know, a platforming Metroidvania or we have like isometric hack and slash. Or we have JRPG with Ruin King. Like we have, you know, a variety of games now in the portfolio with this, like, you know, in a variety of genres and they all have a pause button. So right. when just stuff right. like what just happened with Tyler, like, you know, if your kid Every comes day. in the room, it, you can't <laughs> hit pause on a game of Fortnite or a game of League, uh, but you can hit pause on something like Convergence. So it it's, yeah, the thing that I think will live on is it's not the particular game as much as it's the characters. Like those characters could live on for decades to come. Yeah. So telling stories with the world and the characters is really what we're passionate about. I know you nailed it. I mean, that's that's our whole shtick. That's why that's why our show is press for time. Like 
I'm, I have three kids. Benny has a son. Like we're, we both have, this is not our job. This is just something that we do because we really like doing it. Um, so we're constantly trying to figure out what can we fit in with our very limited hours of the day? What can we reasonably play and accomplish? What can we reasonably do um, without burning ourselves out? And that's the other big part is some of these games are, you know, again, like I said, I have like a thousand hours in smite and I'm still not great. Like there's still so much, there's so much, I could be so much better. There's so much to learn. So do I have, when a new game comes out, it's like, do I have the time to invest in something like this or am I not going to be able to do it? And I have to, I have to choose something else. So it's nice to have those options. Yeah. I mean, we want to be there for players that, you know, even our own players, like people that are playing league or playing Valorant or playing law, you know, any of Riot's games, we know that our players, they play other stuff in between those games anyway. You know, even when exactly. I'm like a hardcore, like if I'm playing like FF14 or League or something like hardcore, I don't just play that. I still go and play, you know, indie stuff or like other games on the side. So, you know, yeah. players being able to jump in and, and explore more about the world uh, that they were playing anyway, you know, feels like a win. Yeah, especially in a different way. I really like um, not necessarily a sequel or even a spinoff but a completely different style of game set in the same universe where it's like a breath of fresh air it's like yes i recognize these characters yes i recognize this story but it's a completely different video game like this is a whole new experience so it really gives it gives it another level almost it feels like yeah i mean we the so you're a couple of hours in by the sounds of tyler so the the city that we're in is a city called zorn Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a city which uh, was featured in the the arcane TV show as well, alongside okay. Voltober. But it's not somewhere that you can really go to in the game. Like you can't visit the city of Zorn or you know the city of Bilgewater or anywhere in League, except in you know these Forge games. So as you're playing through Convergence, it's really the only chance to you know be able to explore and go to the different areas of Zorn, go to Entrasol level, be able to go to you know factory wood industrial sections, go up to yeah. the promenade. Like it's you know, hopefully players feel like they can kind of take a grand tour of the world while they're also playing, you know, a sick, like, platforming Metroidvania-style game. Yeah. And a perfect example of the the appreciation I have for the world of League of Legends is a game that I play, Fortnite, even collaborated, you know, and having Jinx and, and V in the game like that. Like, for me, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a way that I'm like, those are cool-ass characters. And then I see the Netflix show, I get interested there and I'm like, I want more. And then I learn about, you know, the other games. So I think you really nailed it on that. And it's really cool to see that there is the potential of just, you know, expanding a world beyond one genre. And I feel like more developers, more companies need to kind of think about their their brands when they've elevated, you know, their their name to the point where they have so many fans. But it's like you could really grow to other people. I, I think like we for, are for, seeing it. Yeah, I think we are seeing it. Like I think you know, you see with the uh, the Star Wars games recently, and I think you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy uh, yes. and like Avengers stuff on PlayStation. Like I think we are seeing it. Um, it's just it's really hard to execute on. You know, it's right. it's really hard to to execute on IPs in different mediums and in different formats, let alone games. Yeah, um, something that I. I, you know, hold the philosophy of forges. I would rather we have less games, but they're all bangers. Yeah. Like I, I, I would rather that, you know, rather than we go wide and, you know, shoot like a shotgun approach and have, you know, a heap of games, but maybe they're like varying in quality. 
Uh, I would rather we have like a small bespoke artisan, you know, handcrafted library of games. But, you know, when you see, you know, Riot Forge as a, as a publisher brand, you're like, oh, okay, we know it's going to be a high quality game. Just yeah. you know, at least as an approach. So how do you yeah. feel, how do you feel the reception has been um, for Convergence and for, for everything else? Do you feel like the, what you're trying to put out there, the players are receptive to long, both longtime league players and new players coming in? Like, wow, I had, I had no idea any of this was a thing, but this is an amazing game. Uh, I think, you know, the short answer, yes. Uh, we've gotten a humbling response, honestly, on most of the Forge games so far. You know, all of our games are like sitting at eights and nines. I think Convergence like 81 or 83 or something at the moment. It's, you know, the the hardcore fans, I think, see the due diligence that Forge does on the characters and the world. And we pay a lot of respect and homage to, you know, the, the representation of the characters and then elevate them and take them beyond, you know, where they are so that they're not just stuck in time. But it's a tricky balance because, you know, we've got to do that to satisfy hardcore fans that know about these characters, but we've also got to make it approachable and, you know, like someone like yourself who doesn't know anything about Echo can still come in and enjoy the game. So it's a tricky balance. I think it's been going well so far. Players uh, and League fans in particular seem to be responding really strongly to the creative and to the, the, you know, execution of our IP. So I think we just need to keep holding ourselves to a really high bar of IP execution in the Forge games. Yeah, I would say, especially for me, Echo is a very compelling protagonist. Uh, and like you said, with no knowledge of Echo as a character prior to playing Convergence, it's a compelling protagonist. I'm interested in seeing where that story goes and what ends up happening as just a, a casual player who's picking it up for the first time. So that, yeah, I mean, that we does can... speak volumes to the narratives and everything else that you guys have been able to put in there. I mean, we can tug threads in narrative games, you know, that Forge do that we can't do in the MOBA. Like Echo, right? So Echo is a character that rewinds time. Right. Um, you know, you're a 15, 16-year-old boy and you can rewind time whenever you want. Have you ever really learned to, like, deal with consequences in life? Or, you know, how do you, you know, we all, that's, that's the age we, all get to- <laughs> we all get told, like, you know, you fall off the horse, you get back on. He's never technically fallen off. He just rewinds it and fixes it every time. Right. So we kind of get to tug that thread in the game of like, what happens when there's something in life that you can't actually rewind? Like, no matter how many times you rewind it, you can't change it. Some things in life are just going to happen and you have to deal with it. Challenging the character a little bit in that way and seeing you know how we react and how we interact with our champions. That's interesting. Like that's a compelling narrative thread to tug. Can't do that in a 5v5 esport, but we can right. do it in you know a platforming action style game. So well said. Yeah. I definitely would like to know. We can be uh, you know very vague about it, but just the thought process of having you know the mindset of you know expanding the world with other genres and games is is there a style of game that you haven't explored that's something that you feel like would really you know elevate you know these characters that maybe hasn't been done obviously you've explored a couple of different subgenres yeah. in, in the gaming world is there anything that you would like to do obviously i don't expect you to speak sure, of sure. anything that's being worked on yeah yeah i mean the short answer is you know yes you know i would uh we don't have like you know off limits genres or anything like that you know so far ruin king is a jrpg uh we've made uh hextech mayhem is like a rhythm runner 
Uh, Mage Seeker, which came out in April this year, is like a isometric hack and slash uh, action. We have the platforming uh, action adventure, like pseudo Metroidvania with convergence. You know, there's no genres uh, that I wouldn't, you know, take because, you know, I think anything could work. I think the lens to look at it, though, is what genres are probably superior narrative load-bearing genres than others. You know, if we want to tell stories and we want to, you know, explore a world, I think there's probably some genres that do a better job of that than others. And, you know, just a hypothetical example, don't want to get anyone's hopes up, hypothetical example, uh, if you had a dating sim, I think that's a great genre to, uh, you know, tell stories and have interesting interactions and, you know, discover a world versus say you know like an rt like an old school rts not that you can't tell a story in an rts obviously warcraft and command and conquer did a great job job. you know but you know there's like scale and the pragmatic dev you know needs cost scope and all of that sort of stuff so yeah no no genre is off limits um but uh we are currently full up I mean, all of the stuff we're doing, right. like our pipe is full. Uh, we still have more games coming out this year. We have Song of Nunu uh, is coming out in Q3 this year. That's already been announced. People can see the trailer for that. Um, and that, again, is a different genre to anything else we've already done. So we haven't even repeated a genre yet. Cause right. Which is awesome. There's a lot to get through. So Very I'll tell cool. you, I'll tell you, because um, I was unaware of Ruined King. Um, I, I pulled it up on on my yeah. other monitor over here and when we're when we're done with this call i'm going to buy that game i'm going to play that game because that looks like it was made for me specifically because that is absolutely do you, my do you jam. like classic rpgs oh yes yeah that is that that'll do me just fine um, but i was going to say to benny's question what to me as somebody that knows nothing so i could be totally wrong um but with my passing familiarity with league I have always, not always, but since Final Fantasy XIV became a thing, thought that a massive MMO Final Fantasy XIV style game set in the League universe could be just incredible. Like I would, that's I would a good that idea. Someone should get on that. Somebody should do that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> somebody should absolutely do that because I, I love Final Fantasy XIV, and I think that, I think that League is a property that would be ripe for creating in that style universe so and I'll, think... I'll ruin it for you tyler we we think so too <laughs> good so we we have publicly announced that we are working on an mmo oh okay awesome i have i have missed that so that is fantastic but yeah that's a good idea we should Thank you. we should do that you should do awesome. that yeah oh man so, so speaking of final fantasy uh because i obviously as soon as we were setting up for this interview i i Correct on you on Twitter. <laughs> You've been oh, playing Final Fantasy 16. Have you seen our house? No. Oh, 14 or 16? Well, so 14 is what I was talking about before, but I saw you have been playing 16 and oh, yeah. Diablo 4. At the same time as I'm I playing have, like two yeah. other indie games. I told you he's not playing anything thing. else. I have been yeah. playing Diablo 4 and I've been playing Final Fantasy 16 nonstop. Yeah. So yeah. how how do you feel? How do you I mean it seemed positive, but how do you feel so far about those two? Uh, I mean, I'm 74 in D4 okay. uh, with my werewolf. Uh, I'm not a druid. I'm a werewolf. I don't know who that druid guy that shows up in town is. That's not me. That's I'm the werewolf you. character. Um, <laughs> they're like overall having fun, obviously. Wouldn't have gotten level 74 if I was having fun. Right. Uh, a little frustrated at 
the RNG, which gates certain. I saw that. Uh, yeah, some of the really important item drops. Build types, and I think there's like you know the the people over at Blizzard are like crazy smart on this stuff. They don't need you know people telling them what to do probably, but the uh, I think some items are probably a little more build critical than others. And that's the kind of gameplay that I think traditionally sits inside a skill tree or the Paragon board Correct. where it's something that you can make incremental progress towards. You don't have to just hope that your class, you know, or the the aspirational execution of your class drops RNG from an item. You can slowly work towards it or you choose it in a character select menu. Yeah. Um, like, you know, in FF14, I don't have to work towards getting my Reaper to be a Reaper. Right. It's just Reaper when I click it. Exactly. So, you know, I have a dire werewolf build that I'm playing at the moment. I'm missing uh, a Tempest Raw and a Waxing Gibbous to really help the build to pop. And Tempest Raw is just not showing up anywhere. Right. Um, so that's kind of rough. But overall, you know, obviously having fun. FF16 is absolutely gorgeous. I know. Uh, I'm enjoying FF16. I'm actually, uh, we have a bit of the break coming up with the American Independence Day. Uh, I think it's like this weekend. So I think I'm yeah. going to sink like a day or two into FF16. I'm about 10 nice. hours in. Like, okay. But I'm just going to duck like 30 hours on it in one day yep. somehow. I don't know. Yes. I'll fly backwards in time and do that or something. <laughs> um, it is. Yeah, I, no, I have not been able to stop. Excellent. Yeah. I'm approaching the And then I'm also the juggling. Uh, I bought the Castlevania expansion for Dead Cells. Oh, okay. The DLC. So it's I'm on, my, it's on my list. Yeah. yeah, I'm playing through that. Um, I got to Dracula on my first run, and of course he has a phase two, and me like an idiot was like, Oh, I think I'm done. And like, oh, of course he has a phase two, and he dumped me in phase two. So um playing through Dead Cells. Uh what else have I got? I still just play League and Overwatch on the side. But yeah, FF14, D4, League, uh a little bit of Dead Cells at the moment. Uh I might go back to Loop Hero a little bit. Loop Hero is okay. good. I was playing the last spell. Uh, for a bit if you're not familiar with the last spell it's like a fire emblem mixed with a tower build uh town builder which has like a cool roguelike loop to it interesting yeah i'm usually playing like five or six games at once yeah that's that sounds like me i don't think yep. i'm usually ever playing one game it's hard i usually only stop like when a new when a new FromSoft game comes out like a new dark souls then i cut everything else off i play that like it's yeah like it's a religion for a little while and then Elden Ring, Elden Ring was just a period in my life for like yeah. two, three months. That was just Elden Ring. Mine was yeah. mine was two weeks. I put I put a hundred hours in two weeks. I got the platinum, and, and then then I stepped away for a while, played some other stuff, right. and now I've I've picked it back up recently, and I'm working through. So I, I guess I didn't I didn't get the platinum. I got Steam's equivalent of a platinum because I played on PC. Gotcha. Yep. Then I just recently bought it on PS5 and I was like, okay, I'll get a platinum again. I'll get the real platinum on PS5. <laughs> so I'm playing through again for a second, 100%. But I stopped for Diablo and Final Fantasy. And I had taken a break from Final Fantasy 14 because um, I kind of, I you know, I go in waves with that kind of stuff. Like, oh, I'll play a lot for a long time and then kind of take a little bit of a break and then come back and all my clan mates are still there. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of dive right back in. So I picked that back up. And have been, I mean, diving, diving slowly back in because <laughs> right. there's a lot to there's a lot to re-remember after you take a couple months off. What are you rolling, Benny? What are you playing at the moment? Playing a lot of Zelda. Yeah. Tyler and I picked it up. We both like fell I, in love with that last trailer and then he stopped. So, I mean, I've I got it there. Like I, I so I've done one of the I did the Sky Temple. Uh, 
So like the the and the jumping puzzle to get up there is you know cool. Yeah, and I enjoy doing the, the sky temples, but it it just keeps losing out to other games in priority. Yeah. Like when I when I finish my day and I you know have the choice, I'm getting pulled towards like a Diablo or an FF16 instead yeah. of Zelda. Like and I will get to it at some point. Exactly. But at the moment, it's just it's just losing out to those other games. I am what we are. We are in 100% the same boat. I have only done the Sky Temple. I enjoyed getting up there and doing that. I thought the boss was fantastic. That was a yeah. very, very well done boss. Cool design. Um, yeah. But it's the exact same. It's I don't, I don't dislike it, but it's just it's not beating out any of the other yep. games for my time, except yep. for when I'm on the plane. Like when I fly, yeah, I, you switch. I take my switch. Perfect. I'll, yep. I'll play Zelda. Or if it's like, hey, I you know I can't use the TV right now. My wife's watching something. I, I don't want to go out and mess with my PC. I'll sit and play in my bed on my handheld. But short of that, if I'm sitting down to actually play a game, it's it's Diablo. It's Final Fantasy. It's something else. Yeah. I mean, I'm loving it. I, I, my thing is I have two docks. I have one in my living room, one in my office. And my seven-year-old who is just picking up games, has been playing a lot of uh, Sackboy and Astro and right. like, figuring them out. So he's taking up the TV. So I'm like, all right, I'll just bring this upstairs. Hang on. And Let me get this clear. Benny yep. doesn't have a PC, but you have two Switch docks and you can walk around the house and just like dock it in. Like that sounds pretty swag for your Switch. Yeah. Oh, I have I have two PS5s also and I have three Xboxes. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, man. <laughs> so you've got everything but a PC. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, and he's got a Steam. Deck. I have multiple, multiple VRs. He's got PSVR two. You've and... got two PS5s. Benny over here is the reason none of us can get a. You just exactly. got them all in your place. Exactly. Well, they're not hard to get anymore. Come on, yeah, I've that's fair. Not anymore. That's true. You can just walk into Walmart <laughs> yeah. and buy one, which that's is hilarious. It cracks and me that's up. the only reason I grabbed it because I'm like, oh, it's there. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, they still have the signs up at like my local Walmart. That's like, hey, please do not ask. We do not have. PlayStation 5, we do not have Xbox Series X, we do not have Xbox Series S in store, online only, online please don't only. ask. And you look, that sign is in front yeah. of their case, the consoles. Of full of consoles. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please don't ask for this console that you're looking at right now. Yeah, so I think the, the real answer with the gaming PC is just, it's not something I've ever been educated in. There's never been a friend until Tyler that has really been in that world. Almost everybody I've been friends with games the same way. Yeah, yeah. So I've never been inspired to be like, hey, you know, maybe it's worth it. I have an old Alienware. I bought a video card for it. It didn't fit. I was pissed off. I went and sold it because it was during, you know, when you couldn't, I couldn't return it. Yeah. And I sold it for double the price. And I'm like, Damn. but then I couldn't even buy a PC with one built in. So I just yeah. like, I'm like, I got turned off. I mean, what's the saying? It's not what you play, who you play with. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, who who cares if you do or don't have one? Like you say, you're playing with your friends on right. cons- That's where your friends are. So, yeah, right. you're just hanging out with your friends playing games. Yeah, I'm the same way. I only moved to PC because my core group of friends that I game with all moved to PC. They were like, hey, we're going we're gonna to get into PC yeah, yeah. gaming. We're going to get into PC building. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to do the same thing. And here I am. Yeah. No, that makes sense. But I mean, the one thing I've always wanted to do PC for is there was always so many horror games that don't make it to console, but that's been yeah. changing lately. A lot of stuff has been migrating right. over. So it's it's giving me, it's not pulling me the way it used to. Plus, I can grab my Steam Deck and play them. It's granted it's not the same experience, but, you know, eventually, like Tyler and I said, we'll, we'll get to that point where I'll evolve and yeah. I'll be 
it caught up with times on the PC side. There's some games then, that are just great on the Steam Deck, though. Like Slay the Spire on the Steam Deck is great. Like, you don't really need to sit at a PC to play that. No. Right. Well, I, I also have it docked to the TV. So that's the the other pretending <laughs> aspect hooked up with an Xbox right. uh, controller. Yeah. Pure laziness. Yes. That's <laughs> all right, though. It, 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 it's okay. Once we get you a PC, we'll get you into Call of Duty, too. Like, that's the next step. And that's really why I hate on his Fortnite playing, because he won't play Call of Duty with me. So if I can get him playing Call of Duty, then maybe I'll maybe our Fortnite. I don't know if will... there's going to be enough medicine to, to handle the arthritis, though. <laughs> no, because you mean, can play with your controller. Like two... I said, half of my group plays with a controller. You're fine. Oh, OK. Fair enough. Yeah, I won't give as you long as I don't have to adapt. Just plug it in. You'll be good. Yeah, it's great. I have to I have to put it up here just to, like, hope for the best. <laughs> no, you can use your little pillow. Nothing wrong with my Valeri pillow. Okay. Nothing wrong with the pillow. Um, cool. But, All right. So I don't want to. We, we were pushing. We're pushing an hour, and we try to. We try to always keep it under an hour and be respectful of oh. everybody's time. Um, is there anything else that you want to get out there? Anything else you want to add? Um, while we've got you here. I mean, I I can't speak highly enough of like you know the games we put out before, but in particular this year, the, the Mage Seeker came out in April. Convergence just came out in May. Um, they're on Steam and consoles. Uh, and if you're up for, you know, 10, 12 hour experience of, you know, some cool action gameplay, you know, great storytelling, beautiful art, just good games to go and try out. Uh, I couldn't recommend them highly enough. Yep. And yeah. we will have we'll make, links. We'll make sure to link them. We'll have links oh, to nice. uh, Steam pages. We'll have links to the website um, and everything else that we can possibly link in our descriptions cool. in on YouTube. And then we do put links on Spotify, but it, it's it's kind of hard to follow the links because yeah, right. people are listening in the app and all that. But they are there. It will be out and we'll make sure and uh, do do tagging on Twitter and stuff like that as well. And you, and, then, and you don't need to know anything at all about League of Legends to enjoy them. Exactly. And I can I can speak to that firsthand. Um, and we are going to have, I'm going to be writing up the review for convergence for gaming age. Um, and then I'll have links to both that and other games and stuff like that in the written article as well. So well, we appreciate your time, the opportunity to chat with you today. Right. We, love I feel that like we have a we lot in common going for another hour, but I think we've all probably got stuff to do, but yep. <laughs> that's always the problem, but yeah, yeah. No, this has been fantastic. It's been a good conversation. Yeah, we we should definitely link up again. We play a lot of the same stuff. I know yeah, I'm I kind so, of a minority yeah. in the world of Zelda, but eventually I'll be in the in the Final Fantasy world. And Tyler's trying to get me to try Diablo. I don't know. We'll have to see. Wait till season one starts. Yeah, hop in, yeah. be a necromancer, kill everything, have a good day. Sounds Pretty good. Easy. All right. Well, but, thank you so much. It has it's been fantastic chatting with you today. And no, you're right. It was good to meet you guys too. Yep. You too. Have a good everybody, rest of the day. Have a great day. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Thank Bye, you. Bye, everyone. Take Thank care you. and have fun. And let me know if you need anything for either the article or for the broadcast. Really looking forward to, to hearing it. Sounds good. It'll be up Sounds on good. Monday.